We got most of that. Amen. We're so thrilled to be here today. Yes. And uh, I've got a message. God's this message has been turning around in my heart for uh, almost a week. You know, since uh, we were invited, and um, I'm excited to share it with you. And it's not anything brand new. I'm sure you've heard some of these scriptures before, but we're going to just get into it in a second. I want Scarlett to do something. <laughs> Well, it's a privilege to be here. Always an honor to be with Pastor Mark. Wait, last time we were here together. We weren't married yet. We we were a gossip item. (laughs) That's true. Because it was the it was the New Year's Eve service and and um the live stream. Uh, some people that recognized us were, were, were typing in to the you know the 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 whatever uh the manager person and said Who's the blonde sitting next to David Horton? <laughs> it was Scarlett. <laughs> so we sat by each other, and it led to other things. Praise the Lord. <laughs> and here we are married properly. And, and we have a Texas marriage license to prove that we're legally married. And it's the biggest thing you've ever seen. If you could wallpaper a small, you know, bathroom or something with this with this uh, marriage license. In fact, tell what happened when you took it to the... Well, uh, we live in Tampa, so I took it to the DMV to get my name changed, and they couldn't fit it on the printer. <laughs> they said, it's like, hear ye, hear ye, let all come, you know. We've never seen a marriage license this big. <laughs> they said, we don't know how we're going to copy it, so I think they had to do four pieces of it, you know, stapled together or something. I thought that's funny. I don't know. <laughs> Now, what were you saying before I rudely interrupted you? Oh, I was just saying what an honor it is to be here. Um, I've met Mark and Janet, I think, 40 years ago at Rama, and um, they were came in to do healing school. I was a student there, and I've always been so impressed with their ministry, Amen. their love for God, and uh, the wor- they love the Word. They love the Holy Ghost, Amen. which is my favorite part about them, I think, <laughs> and also... Um, Love, they love prayer. It's just wonderful. They're a couple of integrity and honesty and morality and excellence. Amen. And I just Amen. adore them. I really do. Thank you. I, I just really quickly, we, um, my church in Panama City Beach before I uh, married David, I had my church there and a uh, category five hurricane came through and, um, Destroyed the church, destroyed my house, everything. And Mark and Janet were one of the first ones on the phone to call and to say, how can we help? What could we do? You know? And I know David's been through some a very uh, traumatic events. He might say something about that. But uh, I believe Mark and Janet were some of the first that yeah, were there for him. And um, absolutely, you have, you have wonderful pastors. Amen. We love you. We count it a privilege to be your friend. I love you. I love you more. All right, praise the Lord. You brought, did you bring your Bibles? Thought we'd use that today. Turn to Numbers 13. We'll start at verse 1 and we'll see how far we get here. I'm not going to read all of Numbers 13 and 14 because that's the whole story about Joshua and Caleb in uh, as part of the spies, you know, for the promised land, just some things about the spirit of faith today. 
Amen. And uh, I now more than ever, it's always been the same, but now more than ever, we need the spirit of faith about us. Um, and um, I want to also say uh, a little something about our friendship with, with the Brzees. Uh, Pastor Mark and I, we I think we're each other's oldest friends, not necessarily in age. Um, but, uh, in, in the friendship and, um, you know, it's, it's just a, it's a beautiful thing to have a, such a great friend for so long. And, uh, and, and Janet, uh, also, and we've just been together and walked, uh, in ministry together and also separately and, and just, uh, Always, I, this is, I was thinking this morning when I was sitting in the back waiting for the service to start, I was thinking this church and this congregation and our friends, this is one of my happy places in the world. Amen. And so I'm always happy to say, oh, we're going to go to WOC and be with Mark and Janet and with all of you great people. So praise the Lord. We've got a lot to shout about, don't we? You know, like... My brother Hagen would have said, well, if we went home now, we could say we had church and, and, uh, and all, but we're not leaving. The doors are locked. You will not find a way out. Um, <laughs> but, um, back to my sermon. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, we have, uh, this great message. It's going to be spectacular. I just know. Dr. Teal Osborne one time was, uh, he was preaching at camp meeting and, and, uh, the, the Raymond Hagen's camp meeting downtown 1983. And he said, I have a wonder, I had a wonderful message prepared for you in that wonderful voice of his. It's just wonderful to hear. He said, I have a wonderful message for you today. And he said, but then the Lord told me not to preach that. So when that wonder passed, he tried to come up with something else. So that's, that. I think that's funny. Because <laughs> we all experience that, don't we? We have something tr- tremendous prepared. Every time I've made all these notes and everything, you know, from scratch, uh, I, I look back and it's, uh, it's like I don't, the Lord says, don't use those notes, preach this, you know, and so you just are like, this is not fair. <laughs> we used to hear brother, uh, the pastor of, uh, the um, Carpenter's Home Church in Lakeland, Florida, Carl Strader, I heard him preach, and he was so amazing. He was such an orator. You know, from the minute he walked out there, it was mesmerizing to the to the altar call. Everybody got saved and re-saved, you know. And, and I, I said to him one time after a meeting, and we were together at a lunch, and I said, how do you do that? I said, I, I get up with all these great plans to be so slick and polished. I, it, I grew up in Pentecost. Our evangelist had polyurethane hair <laughs> and patent leather shoes and huge cufflinks. So they were slick. And that's what I wanted to be slick like that. And every time I'd get out to be slick, I'd just fall on the slick and Literally, I was going to do the, I'm going to tell you a secret about me. I was going to do the walk on the backs of the chairs thing. Some of you have never seen that. It's quite spectacular. It only works for nailed down pews, you know. (laughs) 
But I was preaching one time, and let me tell you, do you want to hear, we'll get back to numbers, it's been there a while, it won't go anywhere. Do you know what cured me of the attempt of walking on the backs of pews? Two failures. Two walking on the backs of pews failures. You, You would think that a smart man would get it the first time, right? Like, don't do this anymore, you're not anointed for this. But no, I'm ever determined. And so I uh, tried it twice. Now the first, the first failure was in a church in Connecticut and they had bought a, a, you know, a former theater building. So it still had the theater seats, you know. And I thought if I could walk on the backs of those theater seats, that would really be something. Well, I flew in the air, landed successfully on one foot on one chair and I'm straddling. I'm going to the next one. People are amazed. But I thought, my, I'm not going to make it on the back of the next one. I'm going to have to go short of that. So I'll put my foot on one of those little arms, you know. Trouble is, there was a woman sitting there with her arm. And I think, if I land on her arm, I'm going to break it. And, uh, I, you know, we're going to have a healing line and everything, but I don't think that's the way to do it. Damage people, then pray for them. <laughs> so I'm in midair. It's glorious until it's time to land. And here's this, you know, arm that I think I can land on. And I've got my foot <laughs> heading and I'm thinking, I can't do that to her. That would be unkind. So... I think I'll just land in the empty seat next to her. Thank God that was there was one empty seat. Now, when I did, I kind of folded up like a taco <laughs> and went seat first into down into the you know the folded up theater seat, and I landed with such a, a force of power that I was stuck in there. <laughs> I mean, I was fully inserted into that. I was thinner then, could fit in. So I'm down and I'm smashed and, and, and my, my feet, my legs are in my face. And w- with the personality that I have, I started laughing at myself. <laughs> and my mic was smashed against, so all you heard was, <laughs> and I'm laughing. I looked, I, I, my, I caught the pastor's eye. Peripheral vision, he was not pleased. He was not pleased. Well, I'm now going to try to wriggle out of the seat and I can't get up, so the ushers have to come and extract the guest evangelist out of the seats. Standing up, are you okay? Yeah, you know, rough, you know, kind of straighten up and finish the sermon. Well, you thought that would have cured me, but no, no. We, Brother Hagen never taught us how to quit anything. Only get off, get back on that horse. So I was preaching at a church in South Carolina and they were meeting in some kind of community center and they had, you know, folding chairs. Now those are made out of sheet metal. And I have discovered that, uh, the bottom chin meeting with the edge of the folding chair is not a good thing. So I'm going to fly and I'm going to walk on the folding chairs. 
and I'm midair, and I'm, I'm, I've got one of these lapel mic, but it's still attached to the sound thing. And those Canon connectors, the, the old ones used to have clips. I mean, they were secure. And I'm flying midair, and it's like a dog at the end of his chain, you know. <laughs> and that microphone cable was tight. Yeah. And I went flying, and when I when when I went down, my bottom lip and top lip met with the edge of the folding chair. Once again, all you could hear is myself laughing at myself, and I get up, and my lips are are are, are swelling. I can feel them swelling. So I went in my right of the sermon with a speech impediment. By the end of the prayer line, my lip had settled down some. So I don't know why I told you all that. I just thought that was interesting. (laughs) Give you time to find numbers. It's in the Old Testament for those of you still looking. Numbers 13. And uh, we're going to see something about the spirit of faith and about the evil report. Now, if you are watching the news... You know that there's an evil report on 24-7. So we're going to talk about that. All right. Numbers 13.1. The Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Send thou men, that they may search the land of Canaan, which I give unto the children of Israel. Of every tribe of their fathers shall you send a man, every one a ruler among them. And so then it gives the whole list. We won't read that. The whole list of all the, the men and the tribes um, that were uh, represented out to spy the land. And uh, verse 17, let's jump there. Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan and said unto them, Go ye up this way southward and go up to the mountain and see the land, what it is, and the people that dwelleth therein, whether they be strong or weak, few or many. What the land is they dwell in, whether it be good or bad, what cities that they dwell in, whether in tents or in strongholds, what the land is, whether it be fat or lean, whether there be wood therein or not, and be of good courage and bring of the fruit of the land. And the time was the time of the first ripe grapes. And so it says in 21, they went up, searched the land, tells all about where they went, how they cut down clusters of grapes. How many seen, you know, maybe a drawing of that or Somebody brought you from uh, the gift shop at Tel Aviv Airport, one of those carved uh, olive wood, you know, two, the two guys with the, okay. <laughs> Obviously, you haven't received one of those fine gifts. Made in China. All right. <laughs> they went... <laughs> So they, they came back and brought the word and, you know, what all, you know, they said it was a land that flows with milk and honey and, and all the, who's dwelling there. And, uh, I want you to, to look at, you know, all the good things that it says, a land that flows with milk and honey. This is the fruit of it. This giant cluster of grapes is going to be in gift shops years to come. Verse 28, nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land, and the cities are walled and very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak there. Now, it, it's bad enough to have Anaks. 
But when it's the children of Anax on top of it, it gets really bad. Have you ever met some people that were kind of like tough people to be around? Their children are always worse. You know, they're coming to your house. Oh, so-and-so's coming, this family. Oh, great. Are they bringing their, the first question, are they bringing the, those, those kids? Are those kids coming? Yeah, they're bringing the kids. Okay, well, praise God. How long are they staying? When are they leaving? You know, all right. Sorry. Uh, Anax, and even worse, the children of Anax. And it says, uh, talks about all the ones that dwelt, the Canaanites and so forth. Caleb stilled the people before Moses, which meant he told them to shut up. And said, let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. Now, you can see a little difference, a different tone here, right? Now, we in the faith movement, we have softened the blow of this a little bit by calling the evil report the natural report. That sounds nicer. Now, in the natural, I got so tired of hearing that, I I refuse to say it anymore. It just almost nauseates me to say it. Now, in the natural, and it's like, but we're not going to get in the natural. If we're going to stay in the natural, okay, am I the only person that's ever had challenges here? Y'all are looking at me like, we're so polished, you have no idea, Pastor David. Listen, life... I always call it the two-by-four of reality hits everybody in the face at some point. Brother Hagen used to get up and say, we know because we were in like a, a 10,000 meetings. And he used to say, the crisis of life comes to everyone. And he, when he said that, I would, re, I would rebuke him under my voice. I said, I don't receive that in the name of Jesus. I had enough faith teaching to be a problem. <laughs> Just enough to be problematic, you know. And I, and, and so he's, <laughs> the crisis of life comes to everyone. And I'm thinking, I don't, I don't receive that. I'm not going to have any crisis. I'm walking in the word. I'm a word person. I'm a word of faith person in a word of faith church. And we're not going to have any problems. We're going to, Believe them all away. You know, there's this woman that came up to R.W. Shambach one time, and she said, Brother Shambach, would you pray for me that I won't have any more problems in life? He said, sure, i got a prayer for that. She's so good. I knew if anybody could help me, it's you. He said, kill her, Lord. <laughs> she said, no, pray that. He said, well, it's the only prayer I can pray to get you out of problems. I mean, you know, the, the, if you're going to live, if you're going to be alive on the planet, there's going to be stuff to come against you. Now, the question is not if stuff's going to come or not. How are you going to deal with it? That's the question. Come on, get with me this morning. It ain't raining in here. Quit worrying about it. Isn't Oklahoma weather beautiful? You burn up and then you freeze. <laughs> and then you, then you dry up and then you flood. <laughs> Praise God. 
Anyway, uh, how are you going to deal with it? So here we have such a gap between these people. There, there's no gray area here. And I'm telling you, in the, the good fight of faith, there's no gray area. You have to, you have to learn to practice your faith in the black and white. Am I helping anybody yet? Because, because religion of any kind will talk us off of the ledge of faith, so to speak, and say, now you need to be reasonable here. And you need to, uh, you know, like, uh, blend it a little so that you look like you're balanced. Now, you don't balance faith with fear. (laughs) And you don't balance faith by trying to sound smart from the world's view and then mix it all together so that you're so, you know, tremendously balanced. Ooh, should I go there? I will. It's like living a life of holiness. Oh, God, who is this nut that they brought in? They're old friends. That's why he invited him. They're old friends. Earl. You, you know, it's like, it's like compromising with the world and thinking like the world and being worldly in a worldly lifestyle. And, and, and here you are and say, well, we're just, you know, we, yes, we are full gospel people and we are people of faith, but we also are balanced. Now, I, I don't know what that really means. Let's balance love with a little bit of grudge holding. Let's balance faith with understanding, you know, all the obstacles. Let's, let's, let's balance, uh, grace w- w- with, uh, you know, something. I mean, you, the, if it's from the word, it's, it's balanced. All right. So we've got two spirits going here and you know two reports going here we're looking at the same set of circumstances and we've got two different viewpoints two different thoughts and two different confessions all right so here we are with that and let's just look at, take a look at both of them. So Caleb has something different. They're all reporting what they've seen, the Anaks and the walled cities and all the problems. Caleb still the people said, let us go up once, possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. Now that overcoming is the talk of a faith person. A person with the spirit of faith talks about not denying there's there's a problem. Caleb never said none of that's true. They're exaggerating. They have a phobia. They need counseling. They had some. The best psychiatrists are all Jews. You know that's true. And uh, so... They have some counselors apparently available. Says they need counseling. No, they need to get in faith. But 
they have their, their, their stories aren't inaccurate. There are walled cities. There are anaks. There are problems to overcome. But I love it that Caleb uses the word overcome. Yeah, yeah that's all so, but we're going to overcome it. Yeah. Yeah. The doctor said it's terminal cancer, but we're going to overcome it. The doctor said, or the, the, the lawyer said, there's no way you can win this case, but we're going to overcome it. Are you listening? The accountant said, there's no way you can get out of debt. You're going to have to declare bankruptcy. It's too bad. It's gone too far. It's too bad. But we're going to overcome it. Not denying that there's a problem. Faith is not an ostrich with its head in the sand. When the lion comes, faith looks the problem in the eye. And, and says, you're defeated. You gotta have a little something moxie or something about you if you're gonna be an overcomer. Some people come, you know, they're blowing snot and they're crying and, would you pray for me? I need a healing. I'm not gonna pray for you in that condition. I mean, bless your heart, but we'll encourage you first with the word and try to get you out of that mully grub because you're, you're trying to have faith and you're cursing yourself at the same time and you're letting your feelings dominate you. I'm sorry, I'm old school word of faith. Shoot me. I'm, I drank the Kool-Aid pretty heavily. And this is how I have to treat myself, you know. I mean, I'm all for, you know, emerging this and emerging that or whatever or something, you know, cutting edge. But my God, folks, the message never changes. And I've been around people and they'd say, well, I've, I used to have Brother Hagen's books or whoever's, you know, Brother Copeland. And, you know, I think I gave all those away on my garage sale. Well, you're an idiot. <laughs> Because the rules of the game never change. And I'm telling you, it doesn't matter if you've been walking in the Word for 70 years or you just got saved last week. The rules are the same. And the devil cometh not, the thief cometh not, but for to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Woo! Glory to God. So we're going to stick with the word. Some people, I'm going to say this too while I'm here. Pastor Mark said I can say whatever I want. (laughs) Some people are looking and blaming it on grace. Listen, God's grace, real grace, God's grace doesn't lead you to be sinful. It doesn't lead you to not attend church. Doesn't lead you to not tithe and to not give. That's not grace. And to say, well, the grace message has freed me from any responsibility at all with the Lord is ridiculous. And it's sad because there's a revelation of righteousness and who we are in Christ that we all need. 
We know Ephesians 2.8. We're saved by grace through faith. It is not of ourselves. It is a gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. We need that revelation. We need to know that. Amen? But if you think that walking and living in grace leads you to be some kind of a hellion, then you're just, you're also stupid. (laughs) And deceived. Thank God for editing equipment. Hallelujah. I'm excited. So anyway, the faith person speaks of overcoming. And says, I know there's problems. Welcome to the planet. But we are we are overcomers. And we'll overcome it because we're in Christ and he's already overcome the whole world. He overcame death, hell and the grave. Preach, pastor, preach. But the men, here's, here's, here's a problem coming up at you. There always will be. But the men that went up with him said, we be not able. <laughs> Don't you love that? <laughs> Caleb says we're able. They said, no, we're not. Uh, to go up against the people. For they are stronger than we. Who said they were stronger? Did God say they were stronger? No, but we have since. Says, and they brought up, notice this. It does not say they brought up the natural report. It says they brought up an evil report. I'm just going to go with that. Any report that argues against the word of God and what it says about me and my wife and my family in my ministry, in my church, in my life, my finances, my health, anything that speaks opposite of what the Word says about it is evil. Somebody says, well, what did the doctor say? So you want the evil report. Well, you can talk about it if you need to talk about it. You can do, I'm not against doctors. Praise God for what they can do. Then you get to the end and they say you can't, they can't do anything. Okay, great. But we're going to believe the report of the Lord. Glory. I can still kick my leg. See, see, leg kicking in Pentecost is less dangerous than walking on the backs of the chairs. And I like a good wood platform because you can stomp and make noise. You get in some of these churches, it's cement. It doesn't, you know, break your leg trying to do that. <laughs> we be not able. Now, uh, you notice that there's more we be not able people than there are we can overcome it. You gotta be careful when you're believing God who you tell anything to. Some people have no filter, and they just walk around the halls of the church. I need, you know, they're just blabbing away at everything that you know all their business in about seven minutes. It's not smart, but it's especially not smart, and especially when you're believing God for a vision. God's given you something you're going to do in your ministry, your church, your life, whatever. You know, you have this vision. You better be really careful who you share that with, because you'll have vision killers. Uh-huh. 
They'll shoot it right out of the sky, man. Well, you know, you need to be, you need to use wisdom. Well, I want the wisdom that's not devilish. I want the wisdom that comes from the Word and from the Spirit of God. Well, you need to use wisdom. Well, we do need to use wisdom. Well, you don't get wisdom from thinking about all the negative. I'm happy about this. I got like three friends in here. Hallelujah. If you don't start shouting, I'm going to ask Philip to get on the Hammond. Help me preach. You know, we, what are we doing here today? Let's have church. Let's get something out of this. Glory to God. I was doing a tent meeting one time and, uh, there was a grocery store next to where the tent was set up and I'm in the line and somebody's in front of me and they said, he said, what's that tent meeting now? What's that tent set up there? He said, I don't know. This guy gets up at night and he yells and the people yell back at him. <laughs> you know, I'm the yeller. I'm the preacher. I'm standing there. Well, praise God. <laughs> That's seeker friendly right there, you know. <laughs> Relating to the culture. All right. It says, uh, we be not able. For they are stronger. Now that's their, they've come to this conclusion from believing the evil report. And they brought up an evil report of the land which they had searched to the children of Israel. And then they, they talked again about the giants, the walled cities, Anax, and they even said, we are in verse 33, we were in our own sight as grasshoppers. And so we were in their sight. Now look at this. It gets worse. All the congregation lifted up their voice and cried, and the people wept that night. And all the children of Israel murmured against Moses. Now, and against Aaron, and the whole congregation said unto them, Would God that we had died in the land of Egypt, or would God had died in this wilderness? Wherefore, or why hath the Lord brought us into this land to fall by the sword that our wives and our children should be a prey? Were it not better for us to return to Egypt? And they, I mean, they declared war on the leadership and said, this is all. Now, nothing's happened to them. Not one arrow has been shot. Not one anak has appeared talking smack. Nothing. Think about this. They have lost their minds over what could go wrong. Sounds like Washington, D.C. These flew in from D.C. Because it's the same mentality. If you watch the news today, it's you should be afraid for what could happen. And if this keeps going, this is what's going to happen. And then we have met people that are just gripped with fear. One lady that we know... Scarlett and I was truly in anxiety over Miami is going to flood to the point that it's going to be sunk under the water and no, what are people going to do? And she says, have you been to Miami lately? And I said, well, I hadn't been too long, been down there. You know, we live in Florida. It's not hard to get to Miami. 
She says, are the streets just flooded? Are people just walking ankle deep and knee deep in water? And I said, how bad has it gotten? I said, you are watching too many documentaries. <laughs> Climate change documentaries. That it's that in the year whatever, Miami's going to be underwater. Well, what you should do is go there and buy property like three blocks off the beach, and it'll eventually be beachfront. <laughs> and you can get it a lot cheaper. This is a golden opportunity. As your neighbors slide into the Atlantic, you'll be next, and then you can sell before your house slides in and move back to, you know, Iowa or wherever you are from. (laughs) Truly afraid that the whole thing's going under the water. So it's like we live our lives sometimes in mortal fear of what could go wrong. This is, look at how organized they have gotten in the name of what could go wrong. Based on circumstances. Folks, this hits us all right between the eyes. And you got them talking against God. Finally. And, you know, sometime read this whole thing if you haven't. Now, the Lord took this personally. Now, think about that. You know, we think, well, I'm just, I'm just venting. I'm just talking the natural report here, you know. <laughs> we feel so smart. I mean, I'm a faith person, but, you know, I, I also I, I understand the facts. <laughs> Doesn't matter what the words are. It's the attitude of that thing. <laughs> Like the school teacher on Charlie Brown. Wah, 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 you know. And the Lord, I mean, they're having the glory and the tabernacle and this. I mean, they're in the middle of, of seeing God and his miracle working power in the middle of this whole thing. And they're still sticking with it. Let's rebel and do our own thing because these people have lost their minds. And it says here, the Lord finally spoke up and said something. Did he say, I am so happy that my people are so intelligent and careful? The Lord said unto Moses, how long will these people provoke me? Oh, no, we don't. We certainly don't want to do something to provoke God, do we? That's in the Bible too. Just I'm sorry. I apologize. This isn't very, uh, what do you call it? Daisies and lollipop message. How long will it be ere they believe me for all the signs which I have shown unto them? Now, how angry is the Lord? I will smite thee, them. <laughs> Ooh, he's going to smite us. I will smite them with the pestilence and disinherit them and will make of thee a greater nation and mightier than they. And Moses said, you might want to rethink that because when the Egyptians hear this, they're going to say, what kind of a God, you know, smites his own people? 
So, you know, here's Moses caught in the middle. He's got the people ready to kill him. He's got God ready to kill him. That's between a rock and a hard place, ain't it? And Moses is trying to find somebody to pass the rod to. Nobody wants it. I thought I wanted to be the leader. I don't think so. And uh, anyway, he's talking God off the off the ledge now. And uh, the Lord said, I have pardoned according to thy word. Thank God for his mercy and grace. Amen. And he said, but as truly as I live, all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. We're in verse 21. And so he he finally says, but, and he talks about what, what's, what's going to happen, and there is going to be a penalty. And he says, but my servant Caleb. Now, this is where we want to go right here. This is, we're getting the end of this. But my servant Caleb, because he had another spirit with him. Another what? What is different about Caleb's spirit with him? I want to be on Caleb's team. I said, I want to be on Caleb's team. I don't want to be on the team of all the people that can spout the facts and quote what's wrong and how it's impossible. Caleb hath a different spirit, another one, and hath followed me fully. Him will I bring unto the land wherein he went, and his seed shall possess it. Amen. I want you to get the import of that message today. Listen, we're all, we can, on everything we believe God for, we can always come up with a list of reasons why it won't work. We can always get even preacher friends to agree with us why it won't work. And they'll tell you how they tried that and it failed and you shouldn't do it. I won't say the circumstances, but Scarlett and I, we had something, we, we made the, the, the terrible mistake, Pastor Mark, of sharing one of our visions and dreams with a preacher friend <laughs> who immediately told their story of believing for the same kind of thing. And, uh, we thought, oh good. And they said, and, and in, and God, even, you know, it looks like we're supplying this, this need, this thing. Oh, great. Praise God. And we're so encouraged. We're thinking we're going to really have a testimony. And then this person said, but then we started counting the cost and decided it was too expensive and we can't do it. And it's dumb. Now we have had our vision attacked and, you know, your personal integrity, like you're an idiot for even thinking such a thing. Right. But I said, we should know better than to do this. You can't. There's very few Caleb's. One Caleb in the whole group. If you can find one friend, thank God for Pastor Mark. If you can find one friend that will agree with you for something that looks impossible, you're doing pretty good. Am I making this up? It's absolutely the truth. You, you will find that there's very few people that will enter, believe with you to enter into the promised land. And you never know what all is behind that. I mean, sometimes it can be jealousy. It can be God knows what, but it doesn't matter. The point is, is that 
Caleb stood in the midst of everybody saying, you've lost your mind. He's going, no, I'm going on what God said. God said we're able to possess it. If God says we're able to possess it, we're able to possess it. Now, if it's some wild thing that God didn't tell you, then you're on your own. Let us know how that works out for you. But when it comes to the things of the Spirit, see, I do not understand. Now, listen, can I just meddle some more here just for two seconds? Folks who say, well, I can serve God. I don't have to tithe. I don't have to give. I don't have to go to church. I'm in the body of Christ by myself over here with my, you know, TV set or whatever. Listen, everything that God has given us in the word, uh, uh, encouragements to do things, some commands to do things. It's not to make life hard. God never gives a command that He doesn't give a blessing back to you that's way more valuable than what you did. So if it's good for me, to go to church, if it's good for me to hear the word, if it's good for me to fellowship with the body of Christ and say, you know what, it's a sin, really, to say, the hand of the foot, I have no need of thee. I don't need you in my life. I don't need your encouragement. I don't need to worship corporately with other believers. I I can do all that at home. I'm telling you, what you're saying is, you're like these Canaanite people that were, you know, threatening but you're like the children of Israel that you're saying, you know, we're smarter than God. God just didn't, God, God didn't know there were Anaks. They have an emergency meeting in heaven. And they said, the, the father says to the Holy Spirit, did you know there were Anaks there? Because now I've told them they can overcome, but there's Anaks. <laughs> if I would have known there was Anaks, I wouldn't have told them to go. <laughs> Do you still believe God knows everything? Do you still believe that at least? Do we still believe that 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 that, that God is all knowing, omniscient, all all present? Did He not know about the nasty letter you were going to get in the mail? Did He not know about the the uh, blood report work and all that stuff? You know, people get just eat up with that. You know, now y'all pray it's good. We used to finally tell them over at healing school, what if it's not good? Don't say that. It's a bad confession. I said, it's not a bad confession. Your healing and established health has nothing to do with what the fancy cancer clinic says or whatever. It has nothing to do with it. There's two separate issues. Well, these are the facts. Okay, fine. But we've got something higher than the facts. We've got God's living word on it. So, okay, yeah, sure, there's Anax and children of Anax and walled cities and grasshopper uh, views and all that. But I'll tell you what, I'm no grasshopper. And you need to you need to stand up and, and, and declare some things about yourself. I'm an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. If God be for me, who can be against me? No weapon formed against me will prosper. Every tongue that rises up in judgment against me will be proven to be in the wrong. That's where you better go. 
And every day say it. God is my source. God is helping me. I will say the Lord is my helper. Thank you, Lord. I've got the victory. All right. Praise God. Amen. I think I've about milked that for what I can get for right now. But I'll tell you what, the thing that is interesting to me, um, if you look at just one more verse, verse 26, the Lord spake unto the Moses and unto Aaron, saying, How long shall I bear with this evil congregation which murmurs against me? Now, I'm sure that they, I'm sure this is the last point. I'm sure that when they were talking about the walled cities and the Anaks and the children of the Anaks and all that, I'm sure they didn't mean to be murmuring against God. They weren't exactly saying, well, God, what's wrong with God? But that's the way God took it. When God tells you a promise in the word or through a minister that you respect and esteem uh, something that's that's good for you, and you start talking the evil report, you're really murmuring against God. Can you imagine that? What you're saying, God, you're not, we sing, you're a good, good father. We're saying, God, you're not such, well, you're an okay father. But you're not really perfect because I've got these problems and you're not doing anything about it. We can have these thoughts. Believe me, we can have these thoughts. But you know what? The child of God, there's something. If you'll dig down deep beyond your feelings, beyond the circumstances, beyond all the yuck and the muck and the mire, the fog of war, I call it. If you'll dig down and you get to a foundation place and you say, I, this is the devil. I know who God is and what God has. Yeah. And you stand there firm on the word. Amen. I've literally taken scriptures and wrote them down on little pieces of paper and then put them on the floor, symbolic to me, not in front of anybody. And then I took the word of God and put it on top and respectfully stood on top of my Bible. And I told God, look at me. I want you to look at me, God. I am standing on the word. That's all I've got. And I'm telling you, his blessings pour in. And God makes everything new. And he makes the rough places smooth. So if you're in a rough place, have hope. It's like being on a back road that turns to dirt. You ever Has the GPS ever put you in the middle of a farm? But you know what? You have hope that you're going to get back to the pavement and have a smooth ride. Amen. Praise God. If you're going through a rough patch, if you could say today, I'm going through a rough patch. I've got problems. You know, maybe you're watching on Internet as well. I've got problems. And, uh, up, you know, take me three hours to tell you all my problems. And this is your story. You're just going through a rough place. I'm telling you what. You need to stand and rejoice. You need to say hallelujah and declare, I'm a child of God. I'm over, I'm overcome. Yeah, there's problems. Yeah, there's anax, but I'm standing on the word. I'm an overcomer. In fact, I'm overcoming right now. 
I'm coming out of it. Well, you don't look so good. Well, you're no beauty queen either, so. (laughs) Who cares? Well, Sister Williams said, and if anybody was a saint, it was her. She never cut her hair. Whatever. That's the stuff I would hear. If anybody's a saint, it's her. And she prayed. Now look, she's dead, dead. I'm telling you, dead as a doornail. Well, okay, that doesn't change the Bible. That's right. Maybe she was sick of seeing you at church and she went on to glory to be with Jesus. (laughs) If that woman comes up to me one more time, I'm just going to die. And she did. So praise God. Everybody's happy. Left an opening in the choir. Praise the Lord. She couldn't sing anyway. Nobody would tell her. (laughs) You can tell. Scarlett says to me all the time, I can tell you were raised in church. It's affected you. (laughs) Not always good. (laughs) Amen. Well, let's lift our hands and praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You know, if you, if you are, if you are here today and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, I'm just going to give you an uh, old fashioned altar call here. Amen. This would be a great day, a great Sunday. If you're here in this auditorium, I'm telling you, you're not here by mistake. Maybe you came with a friend or somebody told you about this church or maybe you ran into one of the staff members and they invited you and said you ought to try our church and you're here and this is your day to try it. But I'm telling you, you're not here by mistake. You're not here by just happenstance, but this is your day for, for a whole new life, a whole new change. Become a new creature in Christ Jesus where all old things are passed away. Everything becomes new. All your Past and previous sins and, and mistakes and failures are just washed away by the blood of Jesus. What a wonderful thing. I want to give you an opportunity. The Bible says, whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And so, you know, this is a good deal that you need to get in on. It's already prepaid. Praise the Lord. Jesus paid for it with his own life, his own blood. And, and God raised him from the dead. And the Bible says if you'll believe on Jesus Christ as your Lord and believe that God raised him from the dead, you can be saved. And it means when you die, you get to go to heaven. Amen. Instead of to hell. And I still believe in those two destinations, by the way. Praise God. I know that makes me a dinosaur. But nonetheless, I still believe that heaven's a place to, that's real. And a place to walk on streets of gold. And I believe that hell is a place uh, that's real. And to be shunned and to be avoided at all costs. And so it's very simple. You just say, Jesus, come into my heart. Come into my life. Wash away all my sins. I accept you as my Lord and Savior. I believe God raised you from the dead. If you'd like to pray that prayer with me, with every head bowed and every eye closed, please, and just show some respect and honor, especially we want to make it comfortable for those who would request prayer. If you're here today, you've not made Jesus the Lord of your life, but you would like to today, would you raise your hand? I'm going to look and see, is there anyone here that would like to to make Jesus the Lord of your life? Oftentimes in church, you know, pretty much everybody's saved, but we want to give you that opportunity. Also, watching on the Internet, if you will write in, I'm sure there's information there. 
that you can write in and, and, and somebody can pray with you or you can, you can tell, uh, request prayer. Amen. Praise the Lord. All right. Now, is there anyone here that would say, you know, uh, brother David, I'm, I'm just having a really rough time. I'm in that rough patch place and, and I'm where I feel like I'm surrounded by giants and circumstances. And I would just like agreement and prayer today. I'd like somebody to, to lay hands on me and to, to, to pray for me and bless me. Is there anybody here like that today? It could be for healing. It could be for finances, whatever. If you're just saying, I'm in a rough spot and I need a little help today getting over it, would you please raise your hand? Is there anybody like that today? I see, I see a few hands. Amen. Those of you that raise your hands, would you stand up right where you are? I'm going to ask you to come down here so I can do that. I can pray with you. My wife, Scarlett, and I will pray with you. Amen. Believe God with you for a miracle today. How about this be a miracle Sunday? Amen. So come on. Praise the Lord. We don't have any red carpet for you. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Stand here. Anybody else? You need healing. You need deliverance. You need a financial miracle even. You need something great to happen. We believe that with all God, with God, all things are possible. And we believe further that all things are possible to him that believeth. Like that man cried out, he said, Lord, I believe, help thou mine unbelief. Amen. God's always willing to help you. Say, well, I, I don't know if my faith is where it should be. Probably it's not, but that's why we're here. We're all, all ye of little faith. Ye of little faith walked on the water. So praise God. It's a good start. Amen. Anyone else? Anyone else? Do you want to join us? Praise the Lord. Pastor Scarlett, if you'd come help me. Amen. We have some ushers here that can help too.